The Anton Savage Show Saturday with Nifty Business on News Talk. Now it's time for our expert to join us and our expert this week is Mary O'Kane, lecturer in psychology and early childhood education and author of Perfectly Imperfect Parenting and expert in all things parenting. Good morning, Mary. (laughs) Good morning, Anton. We have a text saying, since the birth of my new baby, my two-year-old has just done a complete U-turn from being an absolute mammy's girl to only wanting her daddy to do everything for her. Once he comes in the door in the evening, she refuses to let me do anything. In the beginning, it was great. It gave me a bit of space. But I'm starting to wonder what happened to our relationship. We used to be so close. Please tell me this is a normal phase after a baby. (laughs) It feels like payback, doesn't it? You know, you have replaced me. You're dead to me and I'm moving on. Funny, at two, toddlers are really dependent on us. They're dependent on us to meet their needs. So they will often go to the person who's more readily available, the one who's more reliable in that moment. And they're not thinking about who was reliable six months ago. If you're here today and you're here now and you're meeting my needs. So it might be that. Like this toddler knows mum is engrossed in this baby. And you have to be. I mean, you can't not be. Dad comes in, it's like, yay, here I have somebody who can give me their whole attention. Like, it's actually quite sensible, you know. I'd say to mum, it will, it is normal, and it will, it'll all come back again, it absolutely will. I would just try and make time for her, because even, it's funny, daddy doing everything for her. So that's very practical. Do fun stuff. So make some time where dad takes baby, and you do fun stuff with her. Well, I was just saying to you during the break, I happened by chance to have been reading a book by uh, Professor John Gottman, who uh, does a lot of analysis on on child and and, uh, relationship development. And one of the things that he was saying was that the styles of play between a male parent versus a female parent can often be characteristically very different and the difference can be beneficial. Oh, it can. Dads are shown to be more likely to be rough and tumble and a bit wilder with kids. And, you know, particularly if you're the sensitive little one, that's really, really good for them. That rough and tumble play is excellent, Anton. It brings them out of themselves. It kind of makes them aware of their physicality and it lets them know how strong and capable their bodies are. So, so yeah, that's great. And I mean, maybe dad is doing more of that and the child is thinking and yay, this is more fun than watching you feed the baby. But other than carving out a little bit of one-to-one time, don't one worry to one about to- it. No, I really wouldn't worry. It'll all come around. Text from the other end of the spectrum. My daughter has just started second year in secondary school. She found first year difficult and seemed to develop problems with school that we never had seen in primary. She's finding friendships more difficult and just doesn't seem to fit in with her age group. And it goes on to say the hustle and bustle of secondary is hard. I saw something on social media the other day about girls with autism and it really rang bells. I'm not sure whether I should follow up or not. If yes, how do I go about getting assessment? This is another thing that John Gottman was writing about, that that transition into secondary is particularly difficult because suddenly Conformity becomes the huge defining Anton. characteristic. Absolutely huge. And funny, this lady is saying she raises a few things. She says difficulty with friendships, but doesn't fit into with her own age group and the sensory, the smells, the noise is all very sensory. A lot, a lot of it, autism can present quite differently in boys and girls. So very often with little boys, with young boys, you see it and you're aware of it. Girls are better at masking. So they're better at hiding what is going on, but they're better at conforming. So little girls can go through primary school and maybe other kids in the class might say, oh, like Mary's just a bit quirky or oh, Mary doesn't like that. And they're used to you and it's easier Oh, Anton, they went to secondary school for so many things. Anxiety and awful lot of things the kids deal with in primary school. The demands of secondary school are huge. I mean, they, they really are in terms of independence, moving classrooms, all the teachers, all the noise, the, the numbers. So I would say to this lady, obviously, I can't 
comment on whether her daughter might be autistic or not. But do you know who are brilliant? As I am. They are worth, if she looks up as I am, they're really, really good. GP will give you a referral. If you're going privately, can I just say one thing? If you're going privately to have a child assessed, check credentials. Like you can look up something like the Psychological Society of Ireland. Just make sure you're getting somebody who's experienced in what you are looking for. And I assume As I Am will have, you know, all of the kind of oh, referral details I think there even going onto the As I Am website, maybe talking to one of the people there because they have a helpline, will actually help her tease this out in her own head. But that thing of conformity I was fascinated about because again, what Gottman was saying, now I'm not saying that he's the, the be all and end all of this advice, but it just happens to be that the most recent thing that I've read, so recency applies. But one of the things that he was saying was there is an urge with parents to say, you know, paddle your own canoe, be an individual, don't be forced into... <laughs> and he's saying, no, no, in the early stages of secondary school, let them conform like mad. That's survival. Oh, they need to. And teen- think about teenagers. They're moving away from parents. They want to find their own place in the world. They want to be independent, but they want to find who- out who they are. But they do not want to be particularly different to everybody else. I want to fit in with everybody else. And I know I'm being judged. And they are being judged. We tell them, nobody's looking at you. Yes, they are. The other teenagers, they're saying, they're judging each other. Do you fit in here or do you not? And they can be ruthless, Anton. Absolutely ruthless. So yeah, definitely. A uh, text saying, at what age would you recommend that a teen can work as a babysitter? My 14-year-old would love to work as a part-time job babysitting at weekends or evenings. She's a good kid but I'm not sure she's ready for the responsibility. It's hard to say with an age, isn't it? The ISPCC always say 16 for babysitting, but in all honesty, Anton, kids are babysitting. They very often start by babysitting their own siblings. So you leave the older one and you run into the shop and you leave them minding your eight-year-old. You don't leave them minding your eight-month-year-old. Do you know what I mean? So it depends on how mature your child is. And some at 14 would be great, but... When I think back to me babysitting, Anton, back in the day, oh my gosh, myself and my two sisters babysat very young. But think of the maturity, more than age, of your child, but also the age group that you're going to leave them with. Start them small, like leave them with an hour or two um, and sit and talk about the rules. What would you do if, what would you do if, can I go through scenarios that get them thinking that it is a responsibility? I suppose also there is an issue of things like, um, proximity to other adults and proximity to the parents. You know, if you're if it's next door to the 14-year-old's yes. parents, they're kind of bought in. Whereas yeah. if it's miles away, it's a different challenge. Oh, Anton, you're saying that. It's bringing back memories of babysitting in the middle of nowhere in my own mind in a baby when I was probably about 12 years ago. But anyway, but yes, it's all these stuff that we know better now. Yeah, definitely. It's it, Yeah, there's lots of factors, but it's all about maturity and age of kids, really. And in terms of um, uh, uh, allowing a, um, a sibling to, or not a sibling, allowing a, a young person to babysit. Is there a cutoff rate for how late you allow that to go? Because you see an awful lot of parents who do this thing of, well, we'll be back at two o'clock in the morning and there's a poor 13 year old. Oh, yes. And that's what you're be- Do you know what? If you're getting somebody to babysit your children and you're going to stay late, have them sleep over. But to have them sit up to that hour again, and again, it's responsibility. Because what happens if they're minding a two-year-old and they wake up in the middle of the night and they're going to get really distressed with the babysitter? So all these, are they going to have their boyfriend in? There's lots of things to think about, Anton. I have a a quick one finally for you that says, any advice on how to prepare my almost four-year-old for the arrival of a new baby? We've told her the baby is due soon. It's due next month. It sounds pejorative, but he, she, I I don't know at this point. Um, But she won't engage in any conversations about the baby. She just walks away. Well, can I I give my final Gottman insight? He said, look, you have to look at this from from this perspective. Imagine imagine you're in a happy marriage and your spouse comes home and says, I'm taking a lover. Deal with it. They're moving in. It's the same set of feelings. Exactly. 
exactly the same. And we forget, we forget what they're going through, what we're asking them to do. I love it. She walks away, ignores every mention of the baby. It'll go away. We all do that sometimes, don't we? I think focus on her. She's a big sister. Oh, we have to find a nice picture of you to bring to the baby when it's born so the baby sees you. Make sure the baby brings her a present and do not do anything new. Don't decide, put her in her own bed. Don't decide to... Toilet trainer, don't say, well, of course, she's probably doing that already, but don't decide to do anything big that she might then blame on this little horror coming into her life. Mary, as always, <laughs> thank you so much, Dr. Mary O'Kane, lecturer in psychology and early childhood education. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine. On News Talk.